Hi, I'm Mercedes. I'm an entrepreneur and director at Inc. And I'm Vera, a clinical psychologist and chief people officer at Abstracta. And this is The Everything Else, a podcast about soft skills for a meaningful life. Today's episode is sponsored by Abstracta. Check out their website at abstracta.us. Hello, hello, and welcome once again to the podcast. This is episode three already, the one about communication and empathic listening, you know, in case you didn't bother to read the title. So, my friends, on the other side of those earphones and speakers, I'm excited about this episode. Maybe too much, can you tell? <laughs> I have to be more chill to be podcasty, right? So, um, my name is Mercedes Remedi, and I'm here with my co-host, Vera Babat. How's it going, Vera? I'm fine. Very excited, too. All right, let's get started then. So, in previous episodes, we've talked a lot about individual choices and decisions and prioritizing, managing my time, energy, and my focus. But we kept mentioning that to do that, we had to generate agreements with those around us, right? So, we felt it was time to dive a little into this topic of communication. Oh, I really feel this is the big issue. Um, so what would you say, Meta? Are we good at communication? Um, so according to studies, I'm going to go for the numbers. <laughs> according to studies from McKinsey Global Institute, uh, they indicated that we spend 80% of our waking hours in some form of communication. 80%, that's a lot. So we should be somehow good, right? <laughs> Experts. We do it all the time. But the same study said that the small businesses spend, on average, 17 hours a week, clarifying previous communications. <laughs> so another survey by Workforce Solution Group showed that 60% of employers stated that candidates were not demonstrating good enough communication skills to be considered for jobs even. Mm -hmm. So it seems that not everyone is so good. All right. I'm sure that you're listening to this on the other side and thinking, nah, I'm actually one of those yeah, good ones. Right? I rock. I rock it. <laughs> well... A famous study conducted by William Haney in the 80s interviewed over 8,000 people and they were employed in diverse business areas with very different jobs and all said, not all, but they found that virtually all the okay. respondents believed that they communicated as effectively or more effectively than their co-workers. Wow. How about that, right? Everyone is above average. Or could it be that we all kind of suck at it but don't know? Well, I don't know about you, but I'd go for that second choice. So now, to know if we're good or bad, maybe we should go into what we mean by communication first, right, man? All right, well, when people think about communication many times, especially nowadays, they confuse it with just saying something, right? But it's not really that. It's much more than that. Technically, communication can be bluntly defined as the transference of information from one person, place, or group to another, right? So we'll, we always have at least three essential parts in communication. We have the sender, right? Sending off the message, the message, and the receiver. And it seems simple enough, but the magic and at the same time the complexity of communication is that this is a process by which, and think about this situation right now as I'm talking and, and you guys are listening, right? The sender retrieves an idea from his or her brain 
and encodes a message. The message is then transmitted in some form or channel, in this case words, but it could be images, body language or whatever. And then the receiver on the other end receives, decodes, and then provides feedback that goes through the same uh, And feedback can process. be anything, right? Can yep. be a smile, a can smile. be a chuckle. Exactly. So communication is then like a bridge that we build between ourselves to connect. And we are wired for connection. Yes. All right. And here is where it gets interesting because in the middle we have noise. Now think of this as interference. It's something that gets in the way of successful communication that makes me sort of lose some parts of the information or prevents me from decoding um, what's happening, right? And there's some noise that's evident, like a physical noise, like a loud noise in the background, or semantic, like if it's a difficult language, words I don't know, or something like this. It could be a, a physiological noise, for example, obstacles like a hearing impairment, or if, if my communication method is um, visual, maybe just being colorblind could be um, one of these. But um, it can also be psychological noise, right? Uh, <laughs> this, interesting. Is, this is where you come in, right? Um, and it's the most interesting type because, you know, we're not always uh, aware of this. And this can be my own bias, my predispositions, my worldview or my, the other's worldview, my own anxiety, for example. And this noise, these are the barriers that prevent effective communication from taking place. Yeah. So from this I can't help thinking that we are all the time communicating. Yeah. Well, yeah, you said it at the beginning, right? 80% of our waking hours. And to be honest, I, I think they fell a little short on yeah. that because every single thing communicates. Everything is an act of communication, whether it is my intention or not, right? That's why semiotics is so amazing. And this is, understanding this is mind-blowing, right? It's very important because we even need to understand that silence communicates. Yeah. When we don't do anything, we are communicating. Everything does, even when you are not aware of it. Yeah, exactly. And Leonard Mladenov, I, <laughs> I suppose that's how you say it, he said, get this, if you're a typical human, you're only aware of 5 to 15% of the communication signals that you're sending out at any given time. 5 to 15%. Now, we can let it later dedicate a whole episode, if you want, to body language, right? Like, and, like to me. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes people are really focused on words, and this is really not what's important. In fact, research points to the 738-55 rule, right? The numbers have changed slightly over time, but it, it's a concept concerning the communication of emotions, right? And the rule gives a percentage to the importance of the role of tone, body language, and spoken word or content, right? What, what importance would you give to each one? Um, I, I know when I did this exercise for the first time, I screwed up royally, right? <laughs> Because they say that 7%, only 7% of meaning is communicated through spoken word. 38 through the tone of voice and 55 through body language. Now, even if this rule has been challenged and discussed, yeah, and it has been, and especially understanding that through some tools we that we use, we could compensate. Yeah. In general terms, this still holds true, and we need to see it as a form to widen our perspective on yeah. this. Communication is so complex. It is awesome what it does when it happens. Yeah. 
It is really magical to me, isn't it? Yeah. But that connection that leaves you feeling challenged, understood, or even inspired, that connection that lessens our loneliness, Mm. that helps us build bridges with others, these bridges are so important because it is through these bridges that we share our uniqueness and with that, that we feel that we are part of something bigger. Yeah. But like in many things in our lives, we take it for granted. It yeah, takes take it a lot of things for it to be meaningful. And because we spend so much time doing it and we know that we have so many tools for it, we tend to think that we're so good at it and that it's so simple, but it's not. No. So... If one thing is off, like my tone, what you were saying, right? The words I use or my listener's predisposition, then it's not effective. You probably know the feeling that when you're spoken something with someone many times, but then that scope is limited. Like the message doesn't fully make it. But one day somehow, as if by magic, you say the same thing and maybe a bit differently or maybe your listener was more open to it. God knows, but... Suddenly you go a step further and it's like a deeper understanding. Yeah, yeah, it's like the veil has been removed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or the glass shattered. Yeah. Um, now, that's all too good. But at the same time, we need to go a little bit further. And communication is more than simple transmission of information, isn't yeah. it? It's this mutual creation of meaning. Right. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? All right. What I mean by that is that information is not in itself meaningful. What makes it meaningful is the intention and the interpretation of what is said. Said or written, communicated, right? The message. Communication always implies the desire of the speaker to communicate their unique experience of their worldview and the receiver's desire to understand it. Yeah. So good communication is, we we were talking about build uh, bridges, right? It's not just about building the bridge we spoke about, but actually wanting to cross it. And sometimes we kind of need to accept that we don't want to cross that bridge, right? Or We can't. Yeah, exactly. Or we'd rather not. (laughs) And that's also good, yeah? Yeah. All right, so um, let's pause for a second because we mentioned worldview a couple of times and I, I'd like to sort of go into that. What, what is worldview? Worldview, it's culture in a broad sense. Like it's how the world is perceived and experienced and this is translated in norms, assumptions and values. In other words, it's how we act, think and feel. And, and this is fascinating, right? Everything is fascinating mm, sure. for me today. <laughs> All right, chill. Um, but because when we speak of cultural diversity and culture in general, right, we tend to think of cultural clashes like Eastern culture versus Western culture. But cultural differences are everywhere. And we can find differences in different states Absolutely. or provinces, in the same city, but in different neighborhoods. Smaller. Yeah. In the same family. Exactly. Generation gaps. Yeah, generation gaps or in, in different companies, for example. As Stephen Covey put it, we see the world not as it is, but as we are or how or as we are conditioned to see it. Mm-hmm. And, and this is... Again, for me, it's also fascinating because culture would be the glasses through which we see the world. Mm -hmm. The problem is that many times we're not even aware that we're wearing these glasses. I love that. That It's really graphical. So following that metaphor, when someone is wearing the same glasses as me, when I hear something that supports or confirms my rooted, deeply rooted inner feelings, communication is easier, right? When we belong. It seems to be easier, yeah. When we're wearing the same glasses. Um, It would 
seem as if when we share a worldview, our mental barriers are dropped and everything is welcome. We ask fewer questions, our critical thinking drops because we're hearing the thoughts that we have harbored for years in support of our own inner feelings, right? And it's we we make assumptions also, right? Also, we assume <laughs> we that assume the other that everything else is the just same. like me. <laughs> but it's good to hear someone else thinking my thoughts, right? And this is what happens in our social me- media bubbles or the eco chambers that everyone's talking about now. Sure, it we feel attracted good. to this because yeah. when we get this again, we feel that we are one with others. This lessens the burden of our existence. We get this feeling of community. We feel stronger, not so alone, mm. not so fragile. Then, sooner or later, and people will say something that challenges me. It's not just like I thought. And again, this is something that is going to happen. Because the other person is another person. (laughs) And and so we are going to encounter this noise, this interference we talked about before. Biases, prejudice, anxiety, or even fear of rejection. You know, shame. Yeah, yeah. And this many times wrecks the bridge, yeah. even if you had wanted to build it. So yeah. if I'm not good at navigating through this noise, I will not be communicating. Mm. The interesting thing here is that this moment, as we were saying, uh, when you will say something that's harder to listen will come. And we are so different that we're being able to minimize this noise and going past beyond it feels like a superpower, I may say. <laughs> going <laughs> past my own bias, let's sure. say. Sure. My, yeah, my limits also. My limits. Sometimes it's like I have this limited view mm. and with the other person I become a better version. Yeah. So this can happen when either parts in the communication, either it's in the sender or the recipient, loses communication, communicative intention because of this noise. And as we were saying, be be careful because we might not even be aware of this noise. Yeah, as as Buddha put it, or he's quoted to have said, (laughs) open your mind before you open your mouth. I I can't actually confirm this was Buddha, by the way, or a Pinterest motivation poster designer. But either way, it's it's a good (laughs) point, right? Open your mind before you open your mouth. You you know, I like going back to the Greeks and the classics. Yes, so I have another one for today. (laughs) This is Epictetus. He's one of these Greek philosophers. He's one of the exponents of Stoic ethics. Anyways, he said something like we have two ears and one mouth so that we can listen twice as much as we speak. I definitely agree with what Luca Cadal then added is that we have two eyes. So you have two eyes, two ears, but only one mouth. This is because you are supposed to look and listen more than you talk. Or as my son puts it, don't you get tired of talking that much? And my kid is right. My kid is right. (laughs) Sometimes listening is fascinating, and changing this could actually be quite liberating. You know, changing the way we see listening as so difficult because you change. It gives you this opportunity to get away from this self-centeredness. Is this why we like talking so much? This self-centeredness, probably to feel important again. Mm. This this. This narrative of success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to talk a lot. <laughs> but looking to step ourselves away from our own perspective is to gain perspective. Yeah. And in stepping out of this self-referential thinking, it helps us transcend from our own limited existence that we were talking about. Yeah. It gives us a break from our issues. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, they, that's really important, actually. So it's <laughs> at least do it for that. Yeah. 
So reading, for example, watching a film, listening to someone telling me about their deep worries. I don't know. It gives me like a window through which I see the world differently. For me, it's amazing. But um, it's it's not always easy, right? Getting getting rid of that. And all right, so we share the experience of being a, a teacher, and we know about this safe space in teaching. The magic of the classroom. The magic of the classroom, which is you know put bluntly, having to leave your own opinions behind and opening those eyes and ears that you were talking about, and really listening and being aware. To go back to your metaphor that I loved of the glasses that you're wearing, right? As a teacher, it's forced upon you in a way because your role is expected to be, a f you know, forming a circle where you have to create meaning with others in order to for the actual learning to take place. Yeah, right? you are in service. You are, right? Your yeah. knowledge is to the service yeah, of others. Of the others, and in that process, sometimes you discover people that you would otherwise never have listened to or never have been predisposed to listen because bridges that you would never have built with yep. people. But you're sort of obliged, right? And being forced to do it is is not only for teachers. It happens sometimes at work. You have to because of what's expected, because your responsibility of your role, for example. And that's why communication at work sometimes is a little easier than, for example, with your family. Yeah, or with your husband. <laughs> This can definitely be true because that noise sometimes is more complex. Yeah. It's more deeply rooted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. have more baggage there. Yeah. Now, Celeste Hidley... Uh, she has her TED Talk is amazing. She says that you have to go into a conversation prepared to be amazed. Yeah. She she says it as a journalist, but this resonates with me as a clinical psychologist mm. deeply. And it doesn't matter who you talk to. And here is the essence, right? The willingness to learn from the other, no matter who he or she is. Everyone can teach you something and it's worthy of your respect. Yeah. Now, this seems obvious, but... We need to remind ourselves of it, I feel. I don't think that everyone thinks this. I, I, I think that there might be some people, even right now, thinking, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we challenge you. Homework. <laughs> now, good communication skills require willingness to accept that there are differences. We need. It's not that we are trying to say everything It's the same. No. Wow. Right? There are differences. And an intention to learn about these differences without prejudice. That's, that's what's at stake. And, and that's, yeah, those are the skills that we need to build. But even so, we rarely go into com a conversation with this in mind, right? Um, this reminds me, Stephen Covey, I've mentioned him quite a bit today. He's the author of uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he has a phrase that I like a lot, which is, most of us don't listen with the intent of understanding. We listen with the intent to reply. Oof, absolutely. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, you know. But what is more paradoxical to me of this is that most of the times we do this is out of hurt, trying to defend ourselves, defending ourselves from feeling shame, from feelings that we are not worth it. Uh, this is extremely connected to what Brené Brown calls armor. Right. This it, is, But this is why I want to reply. I'm just listening to reply, let's say. Yeah. If we are seeking to have these authentic communication moments, we need to ask ourselves if we have an environment that is safe and kind. Mm. Much has been said about psychological safety lately. Well, this is because basically we all need to feel that it's okay not to be perfect and that eventually we'll be accepted. Imperfect. Yep. As we are because we are humans, right? Yeah. So we also said that we are our brains are hijacked. Yes. So that makes it more difficult. Okay. 
So, and in our sensor, our communication has also been hijacked, right? Talking over messages or audio messages in WhatsApp, for example. Like, they're really practical, but at the same time, it's inhibiting our conversation skills, don't you think? Isn't that a monologue? Uh, yeah, it That five-minute message that exactly. you're sending? It's not really a dialogue, mm. is it? And uh, social media, like Twitter, which I think is like the worst one for this, um, or examples that we can see, for example, in, in debates, right? It's just like one person shouting over the other one in sort of antagonic arguments. But argumentation is not communication. Right, definitely. Byung Chul Han, he's a philosopher that I enjoy reading. Uh, he, and I do, I say this and I mean it. <laughs> he actually. <laughs> I, I have the Pinterest quotes and. <laughs> yeah. And I, bring I'm a nerd, I'm sorry. But he, he defines our current communication, state of communication exactly like that he says that this is based on not listening not listening and we've been talking a lot about listening and how we're not doing it so let's go a bit deeper into that shall yeah. we well there's actually a parallel with the situation of communication that you mentioned at the beginning a harvard business review study revealed that people's appraisal of their listening ability right what they what they think about their listening ability is a little bit like their assessment of driving skills oh good <laughs> in that the great bulk of adults think that they are above average like with the communication that we mentioned before however research shows that the average person listens at only 25% efficiency. When was 25%. this when was this research done? I <laughs> challenged this number. <laughs> you think it's less? Yep. Less than 25%. Um so I don't know. maybe I'm not surrounding myself with the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, well 25% is really low anyway, yeah. like even And, and while most people agree that listening effectively is a really important skill, and you mentioned today, no, the employer saying, oh, people are not listening enough or communicating enough, but most people don't feel a strong need to improve their own listening skills. I don't mean to be mean <laughs> with what oh, I said, no. but when, when I complain about this is because Also, what happens is that people, even when they are listening and with their best intentions, sometimes they have a very hard time listening to difficult things to say. Yeah. So that's why psychologists always have a job. Yeah. As, it's as this sure. noise. And in essence, it's, it's this yeah, noise that we're talking but some, about. Yeah. So, what's so as a, sorry, but like as a clinical psychologist, could we say that like your job is to downplay the noise? <laughs> sure. Not to play at all. And that's how when you do it well. Now, what's happening uh, in outside the office, the, the psychological office? Yeah. On, on one side, everything we mentioned before about our own restrictions, right? But we also need to calm our mind to actively listen, mm. as we're saying, not to play it. So we speak at about 225 words per minute, maybe some people more, some people less. Yeah. But our brains are so much faster. They are even four times faster than this. That's so, amazing. Our brain is the best. <laughs> It's amazing. So our minds wander. And for that, the tips of mindfulness Luciana provided us with last episode yeah. might come in handy because yeah. we, we have to slow down a bit. Yeah. I've heard that through technological tools, we are able to increase the speed of what we're listening to. Like you could be hearing this podcast at a faster speed. 
Now, what I wonder is, what does that do to our expectations? How are we going to put up then with real people in real life when we grow used to those expectations? It's boring. <laughs> it's like, oh, I want to fast, I want fast, to fast forward to the end, please. Now, again, we, we've been hijacked in this sense, right? And, and sometimes we, our mind wanders and, and we forget that the most real thing is what's right there in front of us. We attend to people that sometimes are thousands of miles away in my text message or whatever. <sighs> whatever and we don't pay attention to those that are sharing the air that we breathe with us this is this is painful when yeah. you actually listen to it yeah. sometimes yeah it's hard and and we don't because focus. we do it also obviously no but the, the whole intention of this and this is really important I, i i think it's important to mention is that you know when when we research for the podcast and we find these things it's like you you, you know you are also faced i i am faced with the hard facts it's not i'm not not pointing fingers yeah. <laughs> except to myself also right focusing on here and now yeah And, and we've been hearing a lot about listening as an essential skill. And this listening that we talked about, real listening, not just pretend listening, it's been referred to as deep listening, empathic or mindful listening, right? Well, what is that? Basically, listening. <laughs> Basically listening. You know, the ongoing practice, maybe it's not all the time, mm. but of suspending this self-referential thinking of trying to react, trying to open up to your awareness of what you don't know and just li listening up yeah and and in general when we listen we what we've all done this right depending on the speaker and the context like we said because it's not you, you don't always have to have mindful listening right but we can have different attitudes towards listening and we can choose not to listen first off uh <laughs> sort of like ignoring the person sometimes who's it talking. helps no like sometimes. talk to the hand Um, we can listen for judgment. But talk to the hand sounds very rude. May I stop you yeah, there? Yeah. Talk to the hand sounds very rude, but sometimes it's like, okay, I'm not getting there. I yeah, know yeah, this. Yeah. I'm You're not stopping it right there. All right. Yeah. It's not the same as cutting someone off. Um, and then we can listen for judgment, right? Sort of to confirm my own. Pr oh, look, that's what she said. I always thought that she was going to say that. And we're only listening to sort of that part. I can listen to tell my story or to apply some of the concepts, but deep listening or empathic listening happens only when I listen to understand that we were talking about today. Yeah. To get to know each other better, to understand each other better. Yeah. So when you listen to understand, you truly pay attention to the thoughts and feelings of mm. the person that is speaking, the words, the tone, the body language. I put myself in the other person's shoes. Maybe yeah. it's cliche, but that's empathetic listening. Mm. It gives us the tools to see a problem and understand the effect it is having and find a solution. All right. Okay, so uh, we seem to have planted some big seeds here. And uh, we had set out to try and answer two questions regarding the topic that we chose, right? The first one is, why is this important for business owners? Well, because to understand the other person's perspective, find a solution in which your service or your product is relevant or yourself is relevant, yeah. you need to be able to understand where they are coming from. Whether it's a client, a collaborator, or any other ally that you need, we need to understand the other person's perspective. Yeah. And we do that by getting to know each other better, as we said. Yeah, yeah, Connection like said, and yeah. trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connection and trust. That's the best basic, basic tool for any sort of collaboration. Mm. And none of this is possible if we don't cross that bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if we're not willing to cross that bridge. Right. And sometimes, again, we're not willing to do it, so maybe we shouldn't go there. Yeah. Um, all right. And, and why is this important for me? Well, you know, 
you might learn something. Um, we always go back to the issue of how your reality is constructed. And the issue is that reality is, is changing. It's arbitrary. It's, it's contextual, contextual, right? There is not no one reality, like the correct one. Um, <laughs> I, I saw the other day somebody that was talking about how um, really our reality, like my, my own reality... Uh, is just a hallucination, right? And that when we have collective hallucinations that more or less agree, we call that reality, yep. you know? <laughs> and this is, in, in this sense, it's, it's more or less the same thing, right? So when you get to the point that you think that you know what reality is and that your reality is the one that is right, and that right there is, is sort of like dying, right? It's That's about as meh as you can get talking about it, going yep. back to previous... Um, episodes because you you stop constructing and you just preserve right you, you stay and, there and you, you don't, and it will you don't decay move. yeah even if you try to yeah. uh, make all your efforts and a friend of mine always calls it, it's not like you, you're pre preserving like an untouchable museum of ideas right and uh, the whole construction of humanity was possible thanks to these exchanges and shifts right evolution growth learning this so, growth mentality is very much connected to that yes, right yes right, it, this being prepared to be amazed no matter who I'm going to have this conversation and with, adapt right? Right. Yeah. So definitely, you know, what we want is we, we don't want to be dead in that museum of ideas. And, and that is what's in it for me. Oof. Right. You know, curiosity and the desire to learn together with our ability to enjoy are actually huge indicators of mental health. Mm. And this contributes to our most profound form of well-being. So... There is a lot in it for Yay. us, right? So let's get down to business. We gave too many good reasons to work on these. All right, excellent. Mercedes, can you give us homework? All right, homework is a reflective practice. People who uh, don't like taking notes and think our homework is, is too long are going to like this. It might be difficult, though. <laughs> I mm. think it's the most challenging one. Um, all right, I, I want you to think about a person that you have trouble communicating with. It could be a family member, a co-worker, somebody that you can usually communicate with but are having trouble doing so now. Think about the noise that takes place in your communication. Is it a different worldview in what? Uh, when you have a conversation, what, what level of listening do you practice? Do you think that you can learn some fr something from this person? Do you listen with that intent? And the homework is this, is to think about these things. Take notes if you like or just think about it. And in our bonus track, we're going to be looking at some really practical tools that we can use to approach these situations in order to have better communication. Amazing. All right. Well, good luck with the homework. Good I luck. Hope it's not too intense for you. <laughs> and remember, sometimes we can't. <laughs> exactly. Be kind to yourself. Well, yeah, but it, it, good. Yes. Think about that too. Is that a road that you want to go down or not? Yeah, because that could also be something that, that we have to think about. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our rants. We really, really enjoy uh, doing this and having you on the other side. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Are you following us on social media? Join our community. This is an ongoing conversation. We are the Everything Else Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Or wherever you get your podcast.